Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got an heart. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. Hey, everybody. What's up? Welcome to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. I stole your line. That's okay. I like when you steal my lines. Thank you. Actually, that's not true. Uh, sometimes if you ever try to start the show, like it's it's very strange if you hey, like everybody. If you hey everybody, and I'm like, what's up? Like it's it it like like my, my bones feel weird when that happens. <laughs> like I don't know why. That's them telling you something's right. Uh, we are off to an epic start tonight as we bring you a kind of special episode. I think a little something different something different a little sprinkle a little sprinkle of something new um i was excited when you suggested this because you you know how much i adore everything having to do with stephen king right so i thought it would be fun to uh talk about some stephen king we want to do another list episode list episodes are fun so So instead of instead of just doing the books we thought it might be fun to compile our personal list top five favorite stephen king books top five favorite Stephen King adaptations. Now, a couple of years ago, as many of you remember, we had on Joshua and Joe from Fright School and Joey, your brother, for our March Madness that year, we Mm -hmm. did Stephen King adaptations. And while we did go through 32 of them, um, this gets to be our own personal favorites list. So um, I will link the March Madness stuff to this episode so you can go back to listen to that as well. Um, But in general, this is our own personal top five list books and adaptations. Yeah, it's kind of, I think we're giving it its own space for us personally this time, which Mm -hmm. is kind of exciting. So rather than just being about like the quality of the film, blah, 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 like we're just having fun and kind of really owning our own personal favorites, especially because we get to do books for this one, which made me really happy. I'm so happy. And and again, no surprise to anybody who's ever listened, but we are both giant, giant Stephen King fans. For me, Stephen King literally was my gateway to horror. Um, mm-hmm. I was reading these books way too young, getting nice and traumatized, but in all the best ways that would help me one day deal with life. So I am so pumped. I think Stephen King is a feminist. I think he is amazing. I think he uses trauma as the key thing that brings horror into our lives, which I find beautiful. 
And I, when I, even his newer stuff, I still find myself getting so lost in the words and the overly long descriptions and all of the things that are both amazing and also annoying about Stephen King. But he is, I think, going to go down as my all-time favorite author. Yeah, no, I agree. He's definitely mine. Um, And I, I feel like I was, you know, kind of being a little boastful. Like I have so many Stephen King books on my shelf. Like how could I possibly pick? Um, So I think at this point, Stephen King between novels and short stories or uh, like, you know, the collections, the anthologies were, I think he's around 70 published works. Um, So I need to check myself because I have 15. So 15 out of 70, (laughs) that's, that's not a whole lot. And I need to do better. And on that, I apologize. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's funny to do better. To be better, be better. (laughs) better. I'll Um, check my privilege and I will be better. (laughs) it's about time (laughs) and it's um no it's funny because I probably own even less I actually have I have a little dream I have a dream (laughs) I have a dream that I will one day own all hardcover editions of all of his books because what I realize is I always buy like little paperback flimsy versions just because I'm hungry to read it again and then inevitably I get rid of it again it's a vicious cycle so my dream is to own a hardcover of everyone so a friend of mine had a subscription I guess subscription is the best word where basically every month she would be sent a hardcover Stephen King novel and like all the covers were pretty much like they all looked like kind of like they weren't like anything with cover art on them they all kind of had like just like the fancy plane but like the spine oh was like oh my Stephen god King, I'm blah, blah, blah. so jealous and I feel like it was like every month or so she got a new one like you know you pay the money like you know those like not Franklin Mint what were they called like the Columbia like the House. Bradford Exchange kind uh, of things where you oh would, right 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 where you like sign up some, like dish month. or something like presidential yeah, dishes yeah, every month or yeah. Anyway, I think it was something along the lines of that. Like I said, I have no idea where she got them. And I feel like, I hope I'm not making that up. I feel like that was the case where she got these really nice, pretty, like pretty novel. Like the novel was like very pretty plain, but like the spine was all ornate. And she got a new Stephen King book every single month. Wow, you're right. It was was a Stephen King book of the month club. And I am devastated that I missed this. Like this would have yeah. been, a I mean, but this was like, you, this was like going on probably like right. 20 like years this, ago. Oh man. Literally. Yeah. When I tell you, this is literally my wildest dreams come true. Right. Well, that's what I thought. Like, that's what made me think of it. Like, just like, you know, uniformed size, like looks everything. like, yeah, like looks uh, like fancy, like old classic right, like books. Those like old that classic. is the dream. Oh. That is the absolute dream. And I have oh, to he's say, gotta like, own that and be selling it somewhere. I just gotta find right? who's willing to part with it. <laughs> so I only have 15, but then like I'm sitting here thinking, like, I know I've read more than what I have, but then I have to remember I've utilized the library, I've utilized audiobooks. Yeah. So I've read more than I own, but oh, sure. I think I mean of that 70, I would take the Pepsi challenge that's with take remove the dark tower and maybe yeah. one or two of the Buick Eight ones, and I've read them all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the Mr. Mercedes, not the Buick gate. I, I okay, yeah. do those too. Yeah. I, 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 I still am very far behind. I would say I am closer to of that 70. I'm probably somewhere in the 25 to 30 range. No way. Um, do, yeah. Do truly. So? I truly I, do. Cause like wow, looking through everything when I was I'm like looking about this episode, okay. I was like, I was like, what the fuck is that book? I have to be, I have to be okay. fair. I have read very no, little I'm, of like I'm, the I'm short kind of... story collections. You, okay. So are those, that's where a couple of my deficits are too. Yeah. Um, two of those later ones. I did read the Institute, the one that just okay. came out. 
That one yeah. was actually really good. I read um the the one uh, not the institute if it bleeds I read if it bleeds was okay story anthology. anthology the one before the one before that one I didn't like and didn't make it through to be honest yeah which it pains me to say out loud but there are a couple of these books I don't like I'll be honest oh yeah yeah that I would not revisit even the ones that were like I mean let's be honest some of his modern stuff right so it's like yeah the institute and revival were okay but I'll never go back and read them again the way I read like some of the ones we're going to talk about tonight like all the time you know yeah like yeah. there's a lot of one and dunners for me even i find myself rereading like desperation and regulators and like the later 90s early 2000s stuff like i'll reread cell if i'm bored but like put doom a key in my hand and i'm like nah i'm good thanks like yeah <laughs> you know i don't want to reread that um but i'm sorry yeah. i mean I, I i mean when it comes to when it comes to my list i feel like a very basic bitch oh um, god me too because i don't have I don't have a lot of deep cuts and I realize like I don't have any deep cuts I don't like know. look like my the best analogy I have is when it comes to Stephen King as much as I love him I feel like I only know the radio hits you know what I mean like I feel like there wow. are some although there's one I don't know how popular it is but it's one that I remember I'll Sorry. get to the story when we come up with it okay but there's one that I feel like on my list that is maybe like oh okay but I feel like the rest are just I think all too. like the, I think there'll the be two of mine regular. that oh me too I think we're we're the pumpkins guys spice latte fan like yeah. of Stephen King but that's okay because I would argue two of mine are ones that only like hardcore Stephen King fans are gonna have on their list okay so okay. we'll see I'm um, now I'm curious all right let's yeah. dive in um do you want to start with the books and then head into the movie adaptations yeah we can do that all right so my number five is one that a lot of people are going to totally disagree with Lisey's story Okay. I have not read that one yet. And okay. I know that's one that you really do enjoy. Yeah, I really do. I think um, it's such a, br- to me, it was one of the new ones that feels like old Stephen King, if that's fair. And I'm sorry, if he listens to this one day is offended, God, I wish. Um, <laughs> I don't mean to say that old Stephen King was better by any stretch. That's so unfair. But I do mean to say that like, there's something about the old Stephen King that he can only hit for me now once in a while. So mm-hmm. like, fairy tale, please fairy tale. Um, <laughs> So, uh, Lisey's story was that for me. It's so colorful and beautiful. And I think it's incredibly feminist. Uh, yeah, definitely check that one out. Don't watch the show though, until okay, you watch it. I will Because the, the book's so much better. All right, what's your number five? My number five is probably his most popular. Ooh. I have The Shining at number five. Wow. Okay. My hot take is that The Shining didn't make my list. I didn't, I, you know what? That does not surprise me. Um, I can say that The Shining made my number five spot because I think that is my most reread yeah. Stephen King novel, which is why I, I mean, I do, obviously I like the story, but it is the, it is the one I have read the book probably three or four times. And that is one where I have like, there have been times at work where like, there's just no song on Spotify. I feel like listening to and I can generally count on somebody illegally uploading the audiobook to YouTube. And I will just like go in and click wherever. Yeah. And it's the kind of thing where I can click wherever in the book and, and I, I pick right cool. back up and I know where we're at. So I gave I do very much enjoy it. I love the, I mean, just the history, the the history building he does, the lore he does in that book. Um, and like I said, it's it's obviously it's an awesome novel. It's probably one of his most popular. And for me, again, the most reread personally. So I, I awarded it number five. Number five, yeah. Number that five. you're right. It is like a bowl of chicken noodle soup for me. Mm-hmm. And I can really yeah. read it at any time. And I same thing. Well said. That is such a great reason why that book 
rocks. And now I'm like, oh man, I should have made my list. Oh, <laughs> every book though, I'm going to be like, absolutely. It's the best book ever. Right? That's why. Oh, it's so hard. All right. Give me your number four. My number four is The Stand. And again, I know pumpkin spice latte, basic bitch, picking out the hits, but no, not so stand- much with The Stand, the book, I think. Uh, you know what? I remember I, I, that's another one. I've read the stand twice. Um, and it's, I, maybe it's just the arrogance of like, just the accomplishment of reading the stand. It's, I think that is his longest book. It is his, own, yeah, yeah, especially the, um, uh, but no, I mean like I, that one is, and I, sometimes I think that I like the stand so much and because the, the waters get muddy because I love the adaptation so much. So for me, when I read the book, funny like I see Gary Sinise, what's that? <laughs> it's like funny you should mention the adaptation. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like I can see Gary Sinise, you know, absolutely. like I can Parker see. Lewis will always be, uh, what's his name? Absolutely, absolutely. So I think, it, you know, it could be kind of a crossover situation of why I love it. But I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's great storytelling. Like at the, at the end of the day, it's just awesome storytelling. So that stand is my number four. What is yours? All right. So my number four is 1987's Eyes of the Dragon. And oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I am so, so pumped to read Fairy Tale because I'm like, I remember how much I loved Eyes of the Dragon. I remember how much I thought he did fantasy well. And of course, tying Randall Flagg into things, which this book better have Randall Flagg ties to it. Um, I think that at the end of the day, it's just such a good, it's a good story. It feels almost Tolkien, you know, like, uh, I don't know. I just adore his attempt at a fairy tale. And I'm super excited for, for the, to read the actual fairy tale book now, because I'm hoping it feels like Eyes of the Dragon feels when I read it. And, I, and that's another one that's like a warm cup of soup for me. I can just be like, mm, yeah. Eyes of the Dragon. Um, and I love the magic. I love the dragons. I love, I love medieval lore. I'm a sucker for a little bit of that. So, oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's the dragon, baby. My number three is my, like, I guess my wild card. And I say that Ooh. really like talking out my ass. I have no idea talking if this is one of the ass. more popular ones. I have no oh, idea. I'm curious. Okay. But here's the quick backstory on this one and why it's my number three. So I've always liked visiting used bookstores, antique stores with books, things like that. And probably 20 some odd years ago, maybe, um, I might've been in college. I don't remember. Anyway, my dad and I are out. We stumble upon a used bookstore and I'm looking around and I always like Stephen King is one of those, like, I always look for that author. When I go to a used bookstore, like he, I always make a beeline to the, to the K's cause I want to see what Stephen King they have. So this was kind of like a really small mom and pop operation. And I run to Stephen King and now keep in mind at this point, I already own you know, maybe like one or two books. Cause I feel like this, I feel like this was college age maybe. Okay. So I think we're going like early two thousands. Um, and they don't have much that looks familiar to me, but I find this one book and I'm like, yeah, it's Stephen King. I'm sure it'll be good. It is 1995's Rose Matter. Yes. I loved this book and I have no idea why. I mean, it's a story about a woman that's abused and then there's this empowerment and then there's almost this well, not almost, there is absolutely this fantastical kind of supernatural magical element that happens. And this is yet again, a book that I have picked up several times and read over and over and over again. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the association of like, oh, I was having a fun day with my dad. We went out to a used bookstore. I bought a book. I don't know. 
I picked it up too. The cover is really cool because there's like the whole thing with the bull. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I just, I've always very much enjoyed that story. And that's one I really don't hear many Stephen King like fans talk about. No, it's, it's, I would argue that that's definitely a deep cut. That my one people, deep cut. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think I'd give you a deep cut on Rose Matter. 100%. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of people, I would argue that doesn't like on, of all the movies that came into my head that I like jotted down, that's not one for me. So I think that's a hundred percent a deep cut and it's a good yeah. book. Yeah. I really like it. And yeah. All right. So what's your number three? All right. Um, this one is funny because the, the next three I voted two because they so thoroughly scared me as as a child and one, because it's just my all-time favorite book, but well, tied for all-time favorite book, but my number three is Pet Cemetery because Mm. I read that book way too young. (laughs) <laughs> and when I tell you, like, I couldn't, I slept with what I opened when any of my pets were around for a solid four years. And I also remember just the, the pure terror of, and, and again, I, I feel like I'm, I'm going to bury myself talking about it, but the, the movie and the book to me are so, and, and I know it's ironic because I know how different they are, but mm-hmm. I, but I'm just going to say that the book is truly haunting it changed me as a kid. It made me a horror, just a, a fiend for horror. This and my number two. And these yeah. two books became not only like the scariest books I'd ever read and still hold spots in my heart for that, even though I read some really crappy, crazy stuff now, but these still, I'm like, ooh. Um, yeah, this movie, just yeah. Pet Cemetery, just When I was like, just kind of spitballing, listing a bunch of them. Like that's how yeah. I did my list. I just listed yeah. a bunch of Stephen King books I read and I kind of ranked them. Honestly, Pet Cemetery just missed the cut. It was my number six. Yeah. So yeah, Pet Cemetery is absolutely. Shining was my number six. So yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. It's a cool. It's it's a, it's a great one. All right. Number two. What's your number two? My number two. Yeah, I want to hear because you kind of just like had okay. them back to back like it's, that. So when I tell you this book made me lock my windows forever and ever and ever, Salem's Lot. I read it in the summer, living in a very quiet little podunk town, and. I was convinced the entire time I was going to turn into vampires. They're all vampires. For years. They probably still, I still would be. Like now just talking about it, like oh, the windows are unlocked. <laughs> um, and I love vampires and I love everything about this book. And to me, I could read this like every, this is one of those ones that when I'm bored, when I'm older, I'm just going to read over and over and over again. Because it's, yes. it's just brilliant to me. Absolutely. Yeah. My number two is it. Ooh, I was wondering if it made your list because so- it was- yeah it it was a very first Stephen King book I ever read Ooh, okay and uh it took me more than one attempt here's let's have Jackie story time I feel I know I've told this story on on the show before but I'm going to tell it again okay uh so once upon a time fuck off (laughs) (laughs) once upon a time uh 12 year old Jackie now granted I've already seen the miniseries a lot um, and 12 year old Jackie is like, well, I know there's a book out there and, you know, I was pretentious back then too. Cause the books <laughs> were always better. Um, but I was like, mama, take me to the library. I want to read it. And she was like, okay. I mean, at this point she's like, fuck it. Because I've watched the miniseries so many times. Like she's like, how bad can it right, be? Right. Right. So I Whoops. remember, Whoops. I remember <laughs> well, don't worry. Cause it didn't get that far because I took the book home. And I remember, you know, it's nighttime and, you know, covers over your head, got my flashlight. Like I'm in full Stephen (laughs) King spooky mood and I start reading it. 
And in the very first few chapters, I don't think it's chapter one, maybe it's chapter two, I don't remember. But it's the point where the gay couple is at the festival yeah. and the one Ooh. guy gets thrown. Out. And I got to the line where Pennywise opened his mouth full of razor sharp teeth and mm-hmm. bit the gentleman in his armpit. Yeah. And I closed the book. <laughs> I went down to my mom and I said, I'm done reading it. You need to return it to the library. And she's like, okay, yeah, we'll go to the library. I was like, no, no, no. I'm not touching the I book. I don't think you understand. You come get it out of my room. And you will take it back to the library. I am going to die by clown. Um, so yeah, I was fucking traumatized. Uh, but then like a couple of years later, I was like, I need to be brave. I need to be brave. Um, and then I finally did read the whole thing. But um, yet another not all one heroes, that, Jackie, not all heroes. <laughs> oh my God. Like I, I, to this day, like I, there are, there were not many things in my childhood that like I was afraid of. But like just the imagery of him like sinking razor sharp teeth into an armpit. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like it was just like, I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. Fine. Pennywise, you take him, go with God. I'm done. Um, so yeah, I I've but you know, again, older, wiser. I friggin' love that book. Um, weird perverted kid thing at the end aside. Um, uh, yeah, I kind of wish that, that scene could get like, like that. Canceled. That part's a little weird, Nikki. Um, yeah. but everything else uh i i think it is is a very it's magical a brilliant, book. yeah absolutely yeah. it's there's no denying it's a brilliant awesome read um i embarrassingly didn't read it till recently i had never yeah. until our sh- we did it for the show i had mm-hmm. never read it all the way through i had st- me too as a kid it became, i'd be like mm, i feel weird and i would put it down and i think it because and this is something that is such a feather in his cap because i think his ability to write really complicated really emotionally disturbing things into what should be childhood like you're like oh it is fine because it's children but it's so oh it's so (laughs) thematically disturbing and traumatizing and same thing with the shining right like danny's a little boy even salem's lot you're like oh my god mark's the best like he's a nerd like me he loves horror he'll be fine like it's it's unbelievable the way these books felt like you were little and it was okay to read them when we were kids and in retrospect, they were oh, way too creepy and complex for us as children. Yeah. But like hashtag love the 80s, bro. Nowadays, know, you'd right? be like, that's what the one thing I think YA has taken strip the world of. There's so many great YA horror books out there that are appropriate for 12 and 13. The kids today don't have to get the weird trauma from reading books they shouldn't have read. Yeah, that's very true. That <laughs> you know, is like so we, freaking true. Right? Like we were traumatized by this as much as we loved it too. And and it's ironic how he deals in trauma and then he dealt so much of us so much trauma without even realizing it. Yeah. Well, you know what? To be fair, YA horror for me when I was a kid was... Fear Street. It was yeah, Lois, Dun- Street. Lois Duncan, right? It, yeah. Well, for honestly, like there was like a, I did a little bit of point horror, but mm. not a lot. Okay. I never did Christopher Pike, which apparently I, Pike. I missed out on because oh, yeah, I never. I was so super good. snobby. I always be like, if it ain't R.L. Stein, I don't want it. Oh, wow. I was super snobby. Pike's so much scarier. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, what's fear? Like, uh, my my YA horror was either Fear Street or Stephen King. Like yeah. there was no <laughs> in between. <laughs> Yeah, was a nice middle ground there. (laughs) Right, which I missed. And honestly, it's one of those things where it's like, I need to 
rectify that and i need to read some i, I there are some christopher <gasps> pike stuff i want to read i know with midnight christopher Club pike episode out. please yes let's yes. absolutely do let's it, do it like, i would love to yeah. explore um our friend uh lizzie sagewood that was on our show that's a couple right, weeks right. ago she is a huge christopher pike fan on her youtube channel channel she has done bookshelf tours of all the christopher pike she had oh. and i told her the same thing that i'm like i have never read it i need to you know, redeem myself. And she even said like, whichever one you pick, like, let's do a buddy read. So like, we really should, Heck like, yeah, we need to like up. Christopher Pike book club this shit. I know that Joshua from Fright School also is like huge Christopher, Christopher nice. Pike. All right. We're having a, so we're going to have to do Christopher Pike buddy yeah. read with, we're going to have a book club. We need that a Christopher Pike so book club fun. episode. Let's do yeah. it. I'm in. I'll, I'll read any Christopher Pike. Hell yeah. All right. Time for numero uno, kid. Number one, me or my number one. Yeah. My number one is Needful Things. What? Wow. Holy crap. Didn't now, see that coming. I mean, love the book, but didn't see that coming. So I could be slightly biased because I just read that book not that long ago. But when I picked up the book and was like, you know, classic Stephen King, fucking 800 some odd pages. Like it's a, it's a chonky book because that's Stephen King likes words and he writes lots of words. Um, I was kind of like, ugh, like, do I really want to be in a place mentally where I'm reading an 800 page book right now? You know, uh, fairly short novels recently that I've been reading, you know, anywhere between 300 and like maybe 500 pages. But now I'm looking at Needful Things, which is a doorstop at 800 pages. But I have to say that that book, reading that book, like the time flew. Like that to me in Needful Things is like it's a great some book. of his peak storytelling. Like the pacing is fantastic. The characters are fantastic. Yeah. He built like, that whole town. It was a yeah. page turner for me uh -huh. because it's like, you know, all these people are set up to do, you know, these little favors wreaking havoc on the town. And it's one of the things where you like, you don't know what Leland Gaunt has told them to do, mm -hmm. like the tricks. It's so scary. Um, and it's yeah. like page turning to find out like, what the fuck happens? What are you doing to who? And who's doing this to what? And how does the crossfire happen? And I mean, I, I don't know that I have read a Stephen King book faster. Like that was, I seriously, okay. like that was one of the ones that where like, one? there was a Sunday that I spent hours just in that book and i could oh not god yeah that's one of those ones you just completely get absorbed in and it's because oh, of so how beautifully good. he creates every single character and brings a whole town to life you know yeah. like which I he's absolutely done, like absolutely love it. Really now well. a year from now who knows the list could change for yeah me. oh this would change by like i feel like if you asked me in a month this list would be different True, yeah. yeah but yeah as of, as of right now i'm gonna state that yeah needful wow, things I love was it. Like, like I said, and I don't I see, know. That I, I think that's a, that a hot take right there. I'm going to, I'm going to call that a hot okay. take. Number call one. It. Yeah. I don't think Number many one. people think of a needful things is a classic. It's so good. Cause like, there's so many that didn't like misery was so hard not to have on this list. Carrie yeah. was so hard not to have on this list. Like for the record, when I wrote them all down, I can't tell you how many I was like, oh, number one, oh, number one, uh, yeah. oh, number one for like at least 25 of these books. So I, yeah, that's a hot take and I like it. I'm here for it. Nice. Mine's a basic bitch answer. I'm Mine's ready. Yeah, the stand, hundred percent. Yeah, and, um, literally, I read it every year. It is to me just perfection the way he builds this world, and and I just there's not a thing I don't love about this this book. And I argue that this one, when I was a kid, didn't traumatize me at all. It was scary, 
but not so scary that I was like me. It had cringiness and rapiness, but not anything so much that I couldn't like nothing worse right. than an after school special and a, lo- a lot of alluded to abuses, you know, and and it was it was a perfect read as a kid and it's a perfect read as an adult. And every time I read it, I take something different from it. For the first time I had read it in the last 10 years. Um, and even in that adult stage of my life, the whole scene that you're reading when Larry is going through the Lincoln oh, the tunnel, tunnel. I don't know that I've ever been more uncomfortable reading a book. Like yeah, though that was terrifying. one of the things where I'm like, I am holding my breath. Mm-hmm. And I am not one to very often react uh, emotionally when I read a book like I can uh, twice yeah. in my entire life I've cried reading a book because of like it has elicited that much of a reaction out of me doesn't happen often happens um, to me every time I read <laughs> <laughs> yeah for some reason like I'm I'm pretty good I'm pretty good generally not crying over a book or anything like that but reading the like yeah the part with the Lincoln Tunnel like I just remember like I'm like white knuckling the fucking book because that oh so good it's so terrifying scary. it's terrifying and yeah. this is if i may geek out about the quality of of his writing for a moment and for the record i wanted to put on writing on my list i was like on writing is one of my all-time favorite books that like literally is the book i go back to anytime i haven't written for a couple of months but um i felt like it was so pretentious to either put on writing or dance macabre <laughs> at the top of my i almost put dance macabre on there too and i was like nah i'm better than that like i'm not that girl who's gonna put on writing or dance macabre i also um the other one i refused to put on the list was the non-horror one the one about like the boston red Sox or something i was like I will not read that and I will not count that as a Stephen King novel. How dare you? Um, but anyway, <laughs> his, it, to, to speak to his writing, it's, he brings, I think he brings moments to life better than any of the authors that I like are out there doing horror in mass like him uh, for the masses, or maybe I should say. And you know what else too? I don't know that, like, I think Stephen King would do so well in the TikTok horror age where extreme horror is getting a lot more recognition. Mm-hmm. And I think he paved the way for all these chuckleheads today. Like so many of the writers that are out there doing more extreme things. And I would argue even people like Keen and Ketchum and all them, even though Ketchum was writing a long time ago too, but not quite as prolifically and as longly. But I think these guys owe so much to Stephen King that anytime we don't acknowledge the beauty of his writing, we're doing an injustice. So I could have put 20 more books on this list, but that's that's them. That's them. Um- so before we jump to the adaptations oh yeah i'm uh, so curious to see how this is gonna go so i have to say as far as his writing goes one of my favorite things not only how he builds his universes but the fact that the universes are connected like that the little easter eggs is one of my favorite things about the book where you're reading a book and suddenly one of the characters bumps into somebody that they had a pottery class with at the community college 15 years ago. And it's a main character from a book that was written five books ago. Yep. Like I love, I love the whole, you know, when you got the cork board with the strings and the pictures everywhere, like the fucking CSI board yeah, yeah. <laughs> of the connected universe of Stephen King. Like I have watched hours of people's YouTube videos where they're talking about the Stephen King universe. I love it too. Yeah, me too. I so fast. Like I, I, even the stupid little small things, uh, even where they just mentioned the towns, like when they mentioned mm-hmm. Derry, when they mentioned yeah. Castle Rock, like yeah. I just, I love, I love all of that. Um, as far as I can say that the the books, obviously I have a ton of books to read, but I, I do know that the one that I want to read next, and it just so happens it's going to be November, but I want to read 112263 
because I've never read it before. I really love historical fiction. Um, so I'm kind of down to read. I know that it's like about J, obviously JFK, but I know there's time travel in it. I don't know if I want to watch the movie, but I definitely want to read the book. That's been on my list for a little bit. Okay. Um, and this compiling the stuff for this list really pushed that to the front of my TBR. And I'm okay. like, well, it's going to be November anyway. So let's be thematic and read 11, oh, 22, oh, 63. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited. I'm going to read that great one. Read, I would argue. I'm very yeah. excited to read that one. Yeah. I really enjoyed that one. And I actually kind of liked the show. I thought they did a good job with it. No, I'm with you. I, I, I enjoyed that one. I think, I think you'll really like it too. Cause you do like, like historically fictiony stuff. Mm -hmm. Jackie, you know what this would be a great time for? Would this be a good time for a little commercial break? Sure would. All right. So we're going to stretch our legs and you're going to hear a quick commercial and we'll be right back with our Stephen King adaptations. Hi listeners. I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. Woo, doggy! Was that a commercial or what? <laughs> Welcome back to Jersey Ghouls. I'm Jackie. That's oh. Marissa. Hi! <laughs> Why do I always just make dumb sounds? Whatever. First I was like, what the hell? <laughs> And yeah, now, and look how that stuck. Now we're gonna always have to come back commercial-wise, being like, "I'm Jackie, that's Marissa." <laughs> I can't believe I just put myself in that hole. And I do love where you were like, "Well, that's a hot dog of a commercial." What you say? That's a bacon slice of a commercial. Who dog? No, you said you said who doggy. We'll get that. We'll iron that out. We'll fix it. I'll fix it in post. We obviously we need to work on our intro and outro for the commercial break. Top five King movie or TV adaptations. I had to put that as that's an important asterisk. Yes. Because if I had to do only movies, this whole list would be blown up or only. Uh, yeah, you know, like, no, absolutely. That's 100%. an episode in and of itself. I also want to say I apologize to the, the Dark Tower fans out there. I'm reading The Gunslinger. I'm trying again. It just it hasn't stuck, but maybe this time's the charm. Yeah. You know what? So I was doing a little, a little bit of research oh. for this, not like research, like not real research, but just kind of like looking over his list of novels, like watching some other people, like there are plenty of people on YouTube that rank like all 70 some odd and whatever, just kind of to get an idea of who, of, of like what generally people rank things with. And the one thing I learned was I, the one Stephen King novel that I have read that I couldn't finish dnf'd it couldn't do it was bored out of my fucking mind and i was like 200 pages in but it was insomnia and i learned wow. that if you've never read the dark tower series insomnia might not be as enjoyable yeah it was it's never been one of my favorites it was, it was I, I i'm like there's literally nothing happening like it's very boring. nothing yeah, was very happening boring. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm not wasting my time anymore. But I heard that if you read the Dark Tower series, somehow Insomnia does become more enjoyable. I and have The Gunslinger. Yeah. Never read it. I have not read that one yet. Mm -hmm. Curious. 
Like yeah. I kind of, my thing is it's like every time, you know, I had that one and I'm like, oh yeah, I'll start a new series. And then I always end up like starting something else again this year. I'm like, I'm going to finally read the dark tower series. Damn, and I started reading the Dresden files and that's fucking 17 <laughs> books long. So I'll get there at some point, but you let me know. You read the gunslinger and let me know. Same. This will be this will be the time it finally sticks. And I, and I feel as somebody like somebody who does like the how everything ties together so much. I have to read it. You know. All right. What's your number five? This one was so much harder for me, and I have three number fives. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Because I was couldn't hard. make a really friggin' hard. decision. Um. You know what? I'm gonna pick one. And then I'll throw the other ones as like okay. honorable mention at Fair. the end. Yeah. So I'll say my number five is crap. I don't know which one. I don't. I've got. All right, three just read the ball. Five. Just go ahead. Just read all the right. Ball. So my three number fives that I can't decide. I've got Creep Show, The Stand from 1994, and Pet Cemetery from 1989. Wow, that's a that's a big three way tie. That's fair. Yeah. I don't. How do I pick which one? I don't know. Like part, obviously the stand, right? It has to be the stand. But then Creep Show is so good. Creep Show is so a hard one not to put in the top five. And then Pet Cemetery with little Gage. I, get, I can't. Pay. You know what? It's our show. I'll do what I want. I have three you, number five. You, you, you girl. Yeah, there you go. You don't like yeah. it? <laughs> Sorry, I get it. Sorry, I can't. I can't. Decide. Don't make me pick. Don't yeah. make me pick. That's don't rude. make her do that. That's rude. Don't be rude, guys. Be better. All right, so my number five is nine, uh, 2007's The Mist. Ooh, yeah. 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 Uh, I think this is uh, one of his stronger uh, short stories. I think the short story is so markedly different in some ways that I, I think is interesting, but I absolutely love this adaptation. I think that that store is one of the most claustrophobic, like icky horrible experiences i've sat through in a film so i i adore it and i think well, you know how i feel about crazy religious lady oh i know right doesn't she just she literally has like a oh. you have like a physical guttural reaction to her like I do. It, it's crazy. and then the ending is just well the ending is like stop. especially because ironically the book the i mean spoiler alert, yeah. the story is isn't that as bleak yeah. you know like oh oh so like good. choices were made but i'm not mad at it like I'm not mad that that's right. the way me they too, did it. Me too. And it was so atmospheric. And even the idea of the mist is so scary to me. So they, I think yeah. in this one, they pull it off very, very well. Um, all right. Number four, you have 12 of these. I only have one. <laughs> number five was the only hard one because I couldn't decide. You couldn't make me cut it off. Um, the rest, the rest are, are, are normal. Uh, my number four is misery. A good choice. Yeah, you can't you can't go wrong with Kathy Bates. She is a national treasure. James Kahn is fantastic. Like just everybody in this movie is wonderful. And she's I love what they have done with this character now with that show Castle Rock. And we get more of the Annie story. And but I mean Kathy Bates is just like if I could just be best friends with anybody from Hollywood, can it be Kathy Bates, please? Can I just can I know her? Can I have like tea with Kathy Bates or something? hundred percent hundred percent my number four dr sleep yeah dr sleep to me well first of all mike flanagan is like i have such a boner for him as a creator i just think he's brilliant i think um the girl who plays rose the hat is she does a chilling and amazing job at bringing what is one of the scariest 
king villains in recent memory for me. I I don't I can't tell you the last time I was truly truly afraid of a Stephen King book, and Doctor Sleep did it for me. It really yeah. did. I was like like pillow and and under the covers because Rose the Hat is terrifying. The death of the child, even though arguably just as bad if not worse in the movie. <laughs> um, yeah, and all of that is just so chilling and so scary. Plus, you get to revisit the Overlook, which is just amazing and just seeing Danny grown up and the family themes and all that and in the book Wendy's so much bigger but I'm cheating here and putting the book in this one too but yeah no, but, but just, I mean that's that's awesome. the one I mean the one special thing I don't want to say special thing but the one unique thing where Dr. Dr. Sleep the movie was a direct sequel to The Shining the movie yeah but Dr. Sleep the book was a direct sequel to the shining the book so you have two completely different stories happening which i thought like at first i was like eh, but it really does make sense when you look at it that way how they did it yeah Um, i agree and i think they did both of them really well for as much as i don't really like the shining the movie very much dr sleep the movie even it being a direct sequel is so good and i agree a million percent rose the hat is just she is haunting and abra is such a great character and she's played so well in the film i think yeah um, my number three to piggyback off of yours is is your number four is misery because <laughs> and so i know i think i'm gonna get a lot of crap for not having kubrick's version or even the 19 the two the made for tv shining <laughs> on my list neither of them made my list but here's why misery will always do it for me and i got two words well three kathy bates mm-hmm. <laughs> like right yep. she is annie wilkes and and she brings so much nuance and so much empathy into the character that i as a kid couldn't read myself into her so read like i hate my hot take i enjoyed the movie more than the book there i said it i did mm-hmm. i'm sorry if i have to pick the between the two with this one i'm going the movie every time because yeah, she, you want kathy she is that character. she's just mm-hmm. and even i wonderful. liked when they brought her into the Castle Rock show and I loved seeing her like origin story of sorts, mm-hmm. but I, I, yeah, she's, she's always going to grow into Kathy Bates. It's just, she's, yeah. she's waiting to be Kathy Bates. So yeah, misery. Um, number three. My number three, it might be controversial. Ooh, I don't know. I'm here for it. And I'm going to go with the director's cut version that has the good ending. Ooh. 1408. Wow. That is a hot take. I take. have a soft spot for John Cusack. I like a good ghosty story. And I've always, always, always enjoyed 1408. Like, wow. anytime. Yeah. And like I said, director's cut ending, not the theatrical. Oh, yeah. Got to be the, the creepy director's cut ending. That one I like. I would argue that Everything's Eventual is one of my least favorite anthologies of his. Yeah. Yeah. 1408 is decent. The yeah. story. The, uh, listen, I got it. You do you, girl. You gotta do you. Gotta do you. My number two, I don't think any surprise here, Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I tell you what, Zelda, I saw my pants a little bit every time. <laughs> and I also think I always love this one because it's directed by a woman, Mary Lambert. Killed mm-hmm. it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I think Pet Cemetery is a brilliant adaptation. I really do. And again, I know it's world's different. I know a lot of people take issue with with so many of the changes that are made, particularly with the genders and everything. But I, I just think it's, I think it's brilliant. I do. I think it's, yeah. it's a scary as heck 
I still get scared every time Gage turns into a scary monster zombie. Especially because of the parent, you're like, Dandy. And I'm like, yeah, I'd totally let him kill me. Like, <laughs> it's just what, it, you know what? It's like when Gage goes all zombie and then Rachel goes all zombie. Oh, and Rachel then all zombie. Zelda. Like, oh, stop. She's, my pants. I can't with her. I no, can't. Like, it was terrifying. so frigging frightening. Absolutely terrifying. Um, I'm getting scared just talking about it. And even yeah. the accident victim, they do so well, you know. And in the book, oh yeah, when he's following around, yeah, and- yeah, the, the effects hold up for me for that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and my number one is going to be so true to character. It's going to be boring. Yours, my number two is the dead zone. I first watched this wow. when we did our March Madness a couple of years ago, yeah. and I was pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised. <laughs> pleasantly surprised blown away christopher walken martin sheen like it it's a good adaptation it was so yeah. good i read the book years ago and i remember being like yeah i like the book the book yeah. is good yeah man. you know not the best not the worst like it's very it's, a, it's, it's a just good okay book. yeah holy crap the movie like that's an instance there. where i like the movie more than the book that's oh there. my god like so freaking good we get I, I just you know like i said but I don't know. Like, I loved the story. I loved, I thought it was brilliantly acted, like everything about it. Um, going into it, didn't realize that that was going to be like my dark horse, like number one. And uh, t- talking about when we did March Madness. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had no idea that like I was going to be riding that one all the way if I could. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. And t- to this day, like if it's, if I'm flipping through, if, you know, any of the million streaming services I have and I'm like, ooh. I haven't watched the dead zone yet this year. It's time. Put it on. Love it. Wow. So fair. And you know what? Now that you say it, I agree with you. I think pound for pound, I'm going the movie over the book too. Because mm-hmm. I read the book, but I've read the book when I was really young. I'm like, I always wonder if maybe I should revisit it and I would be more excited. Like maybe I was too yeah. young for the characters. I don't, I don't know, but I like yeah. the movies. Amazing. No judges here. Hot yeah. take, but no judges here. Well, Jackie, M-O-O-N, that spells my number one because no surprise, right? No I mean, surprise. this is- Stan's my favorite book. It's my favorite adaptation. It's, I love, and it's, of course, I'm talking about the 1994 version. I'm actually here for any and all remakes. I've sat through many of them, but this is, and they are doing it again. So let's, let's go. I'm always here for it, but man, you will never beat the 1994 Gary Sinise, uh, Molly Ringwald. It's so good. Parker Lewis can't lose all of it. It's perfection. And it's, to me, it captures so much of the spirit of the book that it makes me incredibly happy. Yeah, it's such it's such a good adaptation of the source material. Yeah, a million percent. Um, and I feel like similarly, it should not come to any surprise. But my number one is is the 1990 miniseries of it. Yeah, I I that was gonna be where my money was for you. Yeah, like no doubt, Tim Curry. Again, I watched this when it was on TV. I watched them, you know, sat down, watched it. I put my pants somebody, when I watched it. <laughs> somebody taped it and used to bring it to um, where I went for after school care. I don't know why we fucking wow, watched now it, that's but a we quality did. after school care decision. We were watching that's- it. We watched Grease. We watched it. Like, what the fuck? Like, who ran this? That, was, that was appropriate um, when we were kids, though. Yeah. <laughs> but I watched the shit out of it. And um, honestly, and again, I, I know I told the story, but I used to shower looking at the drain like instead of washing my hair from behind I would look at the drain because I had the plan in my head of the moment I saw white of Pennywise's head coming up through the drain I could immediately escape and I had an escape plan when I got into the shower like 
I was afraid to like be around a drain. I wouldn't walk near storm drains, like legitimately so scared. But like many other instances of horror movies with me is like, I basically Stockholm syndrome myself and I watched it so much that suddenly I'm like, well, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm not scared anymore. And it's just cool fucking creepy stuff. So, um, yeah. So for me, it's Perfect. Fine. Yeah. Um, I can say that the the ones that were very close on my list that didn't make my list was Doctor Sleep. I know that it is not horror, but the Green Mile is on my list. Shawshank was on mine, and I and I took it out. Shawshank would probably be like my number one or two, but yeah. it's not a horror movie, so I didn't See, really count I don't, it. I, I gotta say would, that, like, I don't think would Stand by Me. Stand by Me is an amazing. Yeah, amazing I, you know what? I don't have the Shawshank love that like so many King fans do. I mm-hmm. think it's good. But there is so, even the movie, like there is so many other things I would rather watch than no, Shawshank or read. Like for whatever reason, like it just, it, I think it's No great, fair. I'm, I'm I, not, yeah. I feel that way about Stand By Me too. I'm like, yeah. I, I like it. I get it. I, I get what, well, more Shawshank to me is the better of the two. But to me, it's like, I, I'm like, all right, everybody, it's cool. I won't put on Stand By Me, you know, as much as I yeah. completely re- recognize it for a really, really good movie. So all three of those do get a nod of the hat. Yeah, like I said, Green Mile, Tom Hanks, you know, Michael Clark Duncan, like it's so such a good movie. The other one that didn't make my list. Not as good as the book. Right. The other one that didn't make my list, and I know it's pretty much panned as a movie, but I'm sorry. I love Dreamcatcher. I'll always love Dreamcatcher. Listen, I'm Donnie Wahlberg from the the Wind. Like I I don't care. I friggin' love Dreamcatcher. That's one that Brian and I watched a lot too. So I think there's also sentimental value there. Fair, but fair. like, you know, I don't know. There's something about that movie where I absolutely adore. I, I just, I think you're wearing your nostalgia goggles, and I'm here for it. <laughs> That's fine. It's fine. Weird <laughs> alien movie. I'm here for it. The only other one that I had on my list, and it was actually like number four on my list, but I took it off because I realized it wasn't a Stephen King adaptation. Oh, it was something that was adapted by Stephen King. So I didn't put it on the list, but Rose Red. Stephen King adapted The Haunting of Hill House and he wrote Rose Red, but I'm like, that's not a Stephen King. It's funny, I thought for sure Rose Red was going to, yeah. I thought it was going to make your list because I know how much you love it. It was was number four. And then I realized, I'm like, wait, crap. That's not technically- a I was, Stephen yeah, King adaptation. Makes a lot of sense because I thought for sure that was going to be yeah, like because you know I love me some. You Rose do. Red. You love you some Rose Red. I did, but we did. I, I mean, like I think again, we probably have talked about this, but I mean, we watched that in college together. Like that was yeah. a huge, like that was a mini series event that we 100%. sat down for. And um, speaking of adaptations, Ooh. as we currently are, that's a bad segue because we're already talking about them. <laughs> um, have you watched the new stand on Paramount Plus? I have. I haven't yet. I keep trying to start it, but then I've got to do other stuff and I haven't, I haven't yeah. watched it yet. So how, how do you knowing, I mean, we both love the 94. I mean, nothing's going to beat the 94. I tolerated it. You will be very annoyed with it. Oh, okay. Knowing us the way we do, uh, the okay. way I do. I think okay. I was, cause if I was like, mm, and yeah. I was hungry for any sort of, yeah. you're going to be like, yeah. <laughs> Like, I think you're going to be a lot more annoyed by it than I was because okay. I just tolerated it. I thought it was okay. It was entertaining, but I think you're going to be like, that was stupid. 
um, okay. and that and your reaction will be more fair than mine. <laughs> okay. And, and so not only did the stand get a do-over, um, it got a do-over well, in the last couple of years. It's funny. Cause when you said it, the first, the 2017, it was really close to making my list. I think it's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. I think the first movie's amazing. And I yeah, think the I like the first movie a lot. Yeah. And then the second one's okay. You know? Yeah. But I think it does a great job with its adaptation. It handles what I consider to be too much childhood trauma shit for a King movie that kids are going to watch. Because the problem they ran into, which was funny, was in the first movie, they were able to use the kid from Stranger Things and the girl who plays Bev, who everybody loves, and take all those adorable kids and put them in a movie. And it was okay. It was still, you could get away with being young and watching it. But then when you dove into their adulthoods, and like the trauma of everything slaps them in the face as adults, you have a hard time taking that crowd that's only now a year older and giving them yeah. it part two. And that's where they that's where they had ran into trouble, I think, because my kids loved it one, and then it two was too much for them, and they didn't like it because it was so dramatically adult. I feel like you're not the first person I've heard say that. Like it was oh, so okay. different. I had been secretly begging for years for an it movie. Give me feature length it movie because. Part of the problem with it, the miniseries, was it's a miniseries, so it's on television. So welcome in all those FCC regulations and your time constraints, and it's also 1990. You know, so for years, I was like, if they just made a feature film, you know, we'd get so, we could get so much more. It can be so much more uh, true to the book and, and this and that. And I was so excited when I found out they were remaking it. I really like the director who who did it because he did a film a couple years prior to that called Mama that I absolutely adore. Jessica Chastain's in that one too. I really like it. That's a movie that like I feel like I don't hear many people talk about. Um, but I really liked Mama. Um, but yeah, like I, I definitely yeah, enjoyed chapter one much better. My favorite part about that is we're in the theater. Um, I mean, we together <laughs> were in the theater. At the end of it, when it came up with the title screen and it said it, and then it said chapter one and everybody was like, there's going to be another chapter. And then I remember being like, did none of y'all read the book? Like, Uh, they were (laughs) like, like, what? Is it over? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, come on now. Really? But I forget that not everybody are, you know, silly little Stephen King horror fans like we are. I did. I did get annoyed with the, I'm going to put the first movie on blast real quick because I, and then ask you the essential question, because I did think that they took away some of, in the movie, they took away some of Bev's strength and feminist uh, ability to, to have control over her own future. Because in the book, if you remember, she's the one who takes the slingshot the first time mm-hmm. and kills, uh, and kills Pennywise. Well, you know, puts him back to sleep. And yet in this one, she had to get saved by all the boys. And then yeah. that shit pissed me, as you know, pissed me right off. So yeah. here's the million dollar question before we end, Jackie. Pennywise Curry or Pennywise, what's his face? Skarsgård? Yeah. Curry. Like no doubt, no doubt Tim Curry. Really? Like the, you truly believe him to be the, the more effective Pennywise? For me, he's the one that scared me. He yeah, is the he, one that oh, scared he scared the shiitake out of me yeah. too. Like no, did. Not to take away from Skarsgård. Like to me, that's... Honestly, that is such a tough question because that's, it's really apples and oranges because of the way they played them. The way, I mean, mean, honestly, aesthetically, the way they look like 
just just down to the costume um i feel like and also and this is not bill skarsgård's fault but the way that they wrote it chapter two and what they did with pennywise and it chapter two was kind of silly it was a little rough it was a little rough <laughs> i mean i get it in the miniseries you know the big mechanical spider oh which by the way i don't know why i'm waving my hands because it's <laughs> a visual media that we're doing um i'm very excited because um not this sunday but i think next sunday i have a chance to do it so they finally released the documentary um called pennywise the story yes. of it and yes. it's the documentary about the 1990s miniseries and i cannot wait to watch it i am so i'm like legitimately like planning a time to rent it like sitting oh, down i'm excited for that snacks. I, I can't wait i'm so excited because honestly between the two like again it was my number one y'all know i love me some 1990 it i cannot wait to watch this miniseries um mm -hmm. but anyway i digress yes Skarsgård versus curry i think it's really tough to put them in a versus category because they both play them so differently. I think they both are playing them from completely different arenas. And I mean, obviously, yeah, you're gonna have to kind of compare them, but it's kind of like comparing like Jack Nicholson and Heath Ledger jokers. Like they're both playing them so differently that yeah. it's tough to be like, Fair. well, this one's better than this one, you know? Like Fair. Ledger went from like a pure serious psychotic, like let's, chuck every single diagnosis from the dsm onto heath ledger where jack nicholson played him very much more like he was psychotic but he was also cartoony psychotic and like almost somewhat family friendly psychotic um so it's it's tough to make the comparison all that being said gut reaction tim curry all day fair yeah yeah i agree with you on that 100 i also agree on the joker one i think i my hot take is i love anybody's take on the joker because i think it's so much nuance to the character in the, the comics but i digress i just want to hate on gatekeepers and fanboys who hate on shit um yeah. i like it all and that's okay hey. <laughs> it's uh, my question like it. hey. yeah <laughs> my <laughs> milk the cow um <laughs> my question for you oh yes darling is there an adaptation you have seen that you would want to see done over how it got like a second adaptation stand the stand got one is there I an adaptation that's a great question and it'd be easy answers needful things they fucked up the movie so bad and yeah. i think i think needful things would be a chef's kiss i also would love 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 to see an eyes of the dragon movie how about you what's your answer for that um yeah needful things i it has been such a long time since i watched needful things and after i finished the book couple weeks ago i'm like i gotta dive in like i remembered a little bit from the movie i remember that it has ed harris and i was like i'm ready let's do this uh yeah disappointed in that i would say outside of needful things the only other one i would say and you're gonna make fun of me for my nostalgia glasses but just because i want a good version but i want a good version of tommy knockers <laughs> oh i'd be here for a good version of tommy knockers no, i mean cool no offense I love you, Jimmy Smith. Yeah, I love no. you so much. <laughs> XO, I love you. So. <laughs> totally love you. But Tommy, and again, like I know that's nostalgia glasses. Like I re again remember being at my uncle Carl's house. We watched it. Like I mean, we all sat around as a family and watched the miniseries. It, it's it's kind of a rough, um, kind of a rough adaptation. It, I don't know. It's again, a little. It's it, a little dated. I it guess is. Would be I, I would like to it. see a good feature length film 
Give me, give me, I want Tommy knockers. I'd be here for a Tommy knocker. I'd be here for any Stephen Kings though. But um, I, I also think they've never gotten Salem's Law right to me. No, there's, what, never, there's a new one coming out, There's right? a new one coming out. And you know me, I'm like Charlie Brown with the football. I'll give it a kick. <laughs> we hope you guys have enjoyed our list. Again, this was not like, what's the best? This was strictly our personal favorites. Totally self-indulging, um, yep. So if you guys want to comment below, what yeah, are some of your favorite list. books, adaptations? Let us know what you guys like. Um, you know, I'm sure that there, as usual, when we do list episodes, there are people that are screaming as they listen to us. Ha ha. Yeah, that's um, right. I didn't <laughs> list the shining in any of my categories. Sucky <laughs> monkeys. <laughs> you know what? The made for TV shining almost made it. And I almost put it on there just to piss off people that I wouldn't pick Kubrick. Because <laughs> I'm saying, yeah, yeah Stephen Weber. We're going to get hate for that. Yeah, we're going to get that's hate. That's fine. That's fine. No, we had a whole episode. We had a whole episode recently with the made for TV shining and our love for Steven Weber and Rebecca D. Mornay. And our and my animosity towards Kubrick. <laughs> well, if you want to go in the way, way back machine, episode three. Oh, oh what a train wreck. I can't. Don't tell them to listen to it because we were like an entirely different show then. <laughs> we were, but that's that was our episode on The Shining. Yep. Marissa's brother joined us. Yelled at me. We yep. argued. But yeah, I mean, that's like six, six years ago now. My God, we're getting, yeah. we're no spring chicken we podcast. babies. Anymore. It was little infant baby. Sweet baby school. angels. What did we know we back then? What did we know? But I stand by everything I said. Yeah. Come at yeah. me, brah. I just, I, I, you know what? I, the only thing I said that was worse than The Shining, um, not that I, I don't think The Shining, the movie is terrible. I just wish he would have called it something else because it wasn't The Shining, but whatever. Um, okay. Right. If I it was his own movie, it would have been fine. Yeah. The only um. thing that was worse than is it's, it's that fucking Room 237 documentary with a bunch of fucking neck beards talking about uh, their <laughs> I, I love when you go off on a Room 237 rent. I, um. I, I could not stand it. Like, I, that, I would talk about screaming at your television. Oh, I was like, no. fuck, that's like, oh, look at the way that the his coffee shirt. can is but positioned his, toward the West but because his shirt. the Native Americans were <laughs> fucking, you know, bleh. Like, oh. stop dude stop you're looking for shit now i love you are it looking for shit. i love how i agree that makes you i love i just I love how every second it. of how riled because up i was so ready for a good documentary you <laughs> i am here for fucking documentaries like when i first got netflix a million years ago the first thing i did was watch like 17 documentaries in a row i am a documentary girl especially when it comes to like a horror movie like horror documentaries like fucking Shudder has answered every one of my prayers with all of their fucking cool documentaries they have. Have you started um, Queer for Fear yet? It's so good. Not yet. No. Okay, no I'm so like I'm so backed up. My problem is I gave myself a six book TBR for the month of October and September. That's and so I'm trucking along lot. with that. That and our upcoming projects with somebody special. <laughs> that has been my life. So I have not really had time for extracurricular activities. Um but yeah, like I was so disappointed because I thought we were going to get like an actual documentary with actual lore or some cool shit. And again, it was just these goddamn incels making up conspiracy theories because, oh, Kubrick's so cool. Fucking suck Kubrick's balls. No, get out of here. I hate you all. Wow. I missed have missed the chapter where they talked about his balls. I really must have not been paying attention that night. Um <laughs> You know what it was like? You, maybe the problem was me and I couldn't understand them because they had Kubrick zombie balls in their mouth the whole time. So I didn't get it. I just didn't get it. And that's the problem. 
maybe. Uh, well, anyway, I would just like to say that. Thank you, Stephen King, for existing. Thank you for being what literally I would say formed my love for horror. And uh, if you if if ever something bad happens to him, I'm going to need at least four months to grieve like a true widow, full black. Like I'm oh, gonna yeah, we're like gonna Lydia be in morning clothes for a hundred percent. Like because she he has been one of the biggest influences on my entire life. So cheers, question? S question? King. Yeah, yeah. How you feel about Joe Hill? Love him. Yeah, love that little nugget. I think it's yeah. I've read I read Nosferatu. I read mm-hmm. um, the Fireman, and I read uh, the one with the ghosts who are rock and roll players. That one's actually Heart oh Shape Heart Shape Box. Heart Shape Heart Shape Box. Loved all three. Can't I? And I just want to keep reading more of his stuff. He's I've ah, I've read it. Horns. I've oh, read, never Nos- read Horns. I've read Nosferatu, and I bought Heart Shaped Box on my birthday, but I have not read it yet. It's a good one. Um, Definitely so I'm it. excited. I'm excited. Yeah. So yeah, Joe Hill is he's well, and um Lock and Key the the graphic. That's novel. right. I always forget. Yeah. Phenomenal. I think he's phenomenal. Yeah. Now Owen King not quite as good for me. But I, um, see, I'm, I'm I'm completely unfamiliar with Owen King. I only read Sleeping Beauties. I only read the one the which oh, I guess okay. is another good fairy tale one. I I, I had trouble. I, I th- I'd like to revisit it because I never got through it. Oh, the confession time just between us gals. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, big fan of big fan of Joe Hill. I would say Lock and Key is personal favorite. But yeah, his writing is top shelf. We hope you guys have enjoyed our Stephen King episode. Again, leave your thoughts below. Tell us what your favorites are. And don't forget to check us out on your favorite podcasting app on social media. Just search for Jersey Ghouls and you will find us there. And you can go to jerseyghouls.com to find our podcast, our blog, our contact information, and more. Because I'm Marissa. And she's Jackie. (laughs) Bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.